Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. We are so blessed just to have another day and to really to be able to live in the country that we do. Our pastor at church did a phenomenal sermon yesterday on the history of America when the separatists, when the pilgrims, when they first came to our shores and what they believed um, he went to, back to early writings and from Bradford and, and, and others, and it's just really amazing how we have not heard or the truth of our history uh, taught in the public schools for at least, I'd say, maybe 50 years. I know that could be debated, but it's just really amazing how many adults yesterday at our church were just look, eyes wide open, jaws dropping at just some of the miraculous things God did at the very beginning of our history. And um, anyway, that was just phenomenal. I want to just share um, Psalm 95 as this is Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. And uh, yeah, it's just such an amazing gift that we have to be here for such a time as this. I know it can be a little daunting for some of us if we pay attention to what's going on around the world. But it says, Come, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let's come before his presence with a song of thanksgiving, and let's shout joyfully to him in songs with instruments. That's the first couple verses in Psalm 95. All right, a lot we're going to get to today, and I'm so blessed to have our guest, Trevor Loudon, uh, is back with us, author, speaker, political activist, filmmaker, blogger, originally from Christ Church, New Zealand. For more than 30 years, Uh, He's researched and exposed radical left, Marxist, and terrorist movements, as well as their covert influence on mainstream politics and culture. And he's also co-producer of the jaw-dropping film with Curtis Bowers and Pastor Kerry Gordon and director Judge Saul, Enemies Within the Church. And But we're going to talk about politics today and culture and the church. Where do we stand and what can we do? Good morning, Trevor. Thank you so much for being back on the podcast. Hey, look, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, we appreciate your work so very much, and I'm thankful for I've got your book, White House Reds, here, uh, which I was just going through some of that today. It's fascinating, some of the people that were actually running for the Democrat nomination for president. But um, we're going to talk about a handful of those today because you're exposing the senators in a brand-new series of books, two books that you're coming out. And uh, would you tell us a little bit about the latest uh, security risk senators in two volumes that you just put out yeah well thanks so much it's uh, security risk senators it's each book profiles 15 currently serving u.s senators with their marxist islamist iranian chinese cuban and local communist ties some of them are all of the above mm-hmm. and um so so the, the logic is very simple, you know. Um, if if you were, say, Xi Jinping or the leader of Iran, what would you want to And you wanted to take America down, which they do. Mm-hmm. Would you want to get into a, a massive trade war, which, you know, which costs you billions and you might lose? Would you get into a massive shooting war that could cost you trillions and you might lose if you go too early, mm-hmm. or would you rather spend a couple of billion dollars buying up U.S. senators wow. to do your bidding? And that's what they've done. Mm. So we say there's at least 30 U.S. senators, including uh, obviously Tammy Baldwin, who couldn't pass a background check to drive a school bus or work for the Department of Agriculture or sell you stamps at the post office but they're running all of the major committees in the U.S. Senate, Mm -hmm. and they are working to trash the Constitution and bring this country to its knees. Mm. So security risk senators, part one and part two, 
it'll be the most amazing thing I think most people will have ever read in the political realm. Well, I thank you for exposing these men and women that uh, we just don't know a lot about their backgrounds because that's not, it seems to me that the media does not really, they're not interested in that when it comes to campaigns for, you know, no. Senate, for the House, or for President for that matter. I mean, they didn't go into Barack Obama's uh, Marxist background and his uh, you know, black liberation theology and his work, you know, being an organizer. We didn't even know what an organizer was until he uh, ran for president. But so the media is not interested in that. So the people are not going to find out unless they do the work on their own or look to people like yourself who have done the research. And so you you mentioned Tammy Baldwin. And for those of, of you guys listening online right now or you downloaded the podcast uh, wherever you live, Tammy Baldwin is one of two U.S. senators. Uh, Ron Johnson is the other one. And I would love for you to just uh, give us a couple bullet points on Tammy Baldwin, probably things that even people in Wisconsin don't know. Well, I'm sure people in Wisconsin don't know because uh, you're right, the media won't touch them. There are no, there's no background checks at all in the U.S. Senate, none. And uh, we don't have any investigative bodies that investigate communism anymore. The FBI hasn't done it for decades. Wow. So, um, and that's why I wrote the book, you know, so people would know. But but Tammy Baldwin, see, back in Madison, Wisconsin, in the, in the early 80s, Democratic Socialists of America, which is a Marxist organization, mm -hmm. a revolutionary organization, pretty much ran the city. They had people on the county commissions and just about, you know, the city council. Every, every board was penetrated, and, and, and Tammy Baldwin got her start through that. She would leapfrog. <laughs> she was working with Democratic Socialists of America. She got onto the, I think, the Dane County Commission. She became a state rep. She became a congresswoman, all with the help of Democratic Socialists of America, mm. revolutionary people. Then um, her big thing, though, is she got involved with a group. Her, her and Mark Pocan both, Mark's the, the local... Um, Congress, congressman around Madison. Mm -hmm. They both got involved with a Madison-based group called the Columbia Support Network. Now, that is that is a communist group. It had people um, like Bernadine Dawn, the terror, whether underground terrorist was involved in this, this group. Um, Howard Zinn, the famous communist historian, was part of the group. And, and it was based in Madison, and what it was was a support network for the um, FARC, uh, Colombian Marxist terrorist organizations. They, this is the group that, that makes its money selling cocaine to American kids. Wow. It, it's a massive uh, communist insurgency. Tammy Baldwin was serving on the board of that organization. She went down to Colombia to meet with radicals down there. She hosted the current president of Colombia. He was a former, he's a terrorist. Mm. She hosted him uh, to, to Washington, D.C. a few years ago. She's worked with that group from the early 90s right up to the present day. Mm. She has worked inside your Congress to try and get U.S. military aid cut off to the Colombian government so that the terrorists could win the war down there. And now the terrorists are in control of that country. Wow. Um, so Tammy Baldwin has been working with enemies of America um, right back in the 80s when she was with Democratic Socialists of America. They still support her, and especially with the Colombian Support Network, which is a communist group supporting actual designated terrorists, people designated as terrorists by the U.S. State Department, and she's been supporting them for, for, for decades, mm -hmm. including including working to help them in the U.S. Congress. And there's not much accountability. There's not much um, investigation into her or, as you said, some of the other senators. Um, but I remember 12 years ago when the left and the Democrat Party and the Socialists of America, they were trying to recall Governor Scott Walker in Wisconsin at that time. Yes, and yes. they were calling him a radical and Hitler and all that. <laughs> same thing, same game, same thing they're doing to Trump or they have done to Trump. Yep. And uh, same thing, but I remember Baldwin and some of the other ones were there. 
you know, just, just, just for the people, right? They're protesting with the people, right? And, and it was just really sad to see Socialist Party USA tables set up there, and they're recruiting people right there at, in Madison during that time. Yeah, well, that's right. They occupied the state capitol. That was yep. an insurrection, wasn't yes. it? Yes, they it was. They stayed there for weeks. Mm-hmm. They wrecked the place, but a few people took selfies on the capitol building on January the 6th, and that's the biggest disaster we've ever seen. <laughs> you know, that, that, was a, that was a communist insurgency. That's right. And, and, uh, and they, they hated Scott Walker because mm-hmm. he was doing a lot of good for the state, and they didn't like that. And so Tammy Baldwin was very much part of that movement. You know, Tammy Baldwin is absolutely a communist sympathizer. There's no, there's no question about that whatsoever. Hmm. Um, just as, as Mandela Barnes was, and, and thank God that he didn't get elected. Yes. But, um, wow. you know, Tammy Baldwin has a, has a, a nearly 40 year history with the Marxist movement. Wow. Not surprising, but very disappointing that it shows us, Trevor, that so many people are not paying attention. But uh, you can get these books over at Trevor's website, Trevor Loudon, L-O-U-D-O-N, TrevorLoudon.com, and you can get both books, Security Risk, Senators. There's a book one and book two. Book one has Arizona to Massachusetts, and book two, Michigan to Virginia. Um, yeah. Trevor, these, elect- these, these books ahead. are nearly 400 pages each. Wow. <laughs> Wow, fifty pages in each one of footnotes, with photographs, with with hard evidence. You don't you don't come to a foreign country and tell people that half of their leaders are traitors without without having some evidence to back it up. Yeah, books that big. It's like uh, people say, "Well, Trevor, you're you're talking about all these making these accusations. Prove it." And here you go. Here's all the research in these two books. Yeah, <laughs> just footnoted like you wouldn't believe photographs. In their own words, mm. look, look, it's not actually that hard to find the stuff. The media, the mainstream media will not touch it, mm. will not touch it at all. So yeah. people are electing basic, you know, nobody knew that, how many people in Wisconsin knew that Mandela Barnes was a hardcore leftist who hung around with Maoists? How, 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 how often was that brought out in the in the news media. Oh, it was almost won that race. Mm, yeah. He won that race. Shockingly close. Um, and let's go back to the midterms now, um, Trevor. I want to get your take. I was really looking forward to having you on for, for many reasons, but one of them is to talk about what happened with the midterm elections, your takeaways. We had a guy uh, in Pennsylvania, d- Democrat Fetterman, of course, well, he beat a Muslim, you know, uh, um, Oz, right? So you had Oz running. I'm going, he's not even a conservative. I didn't think he was a Republican, but there he is running against Fetterman. That's almost a no win. So there's so many races to point out, and I would love to get your take overall on what happened and then where we go from here. Okay, well, just on the Pennsylvania race, that was a huge mistake by Trump to endorse Oz. Mm-hmm. You know, you're relying on the Christian conservative base to do the hard work, and you you put out a Mos, uh, a, a liberal Muslim. You know that was just Jeez. the dumbest candidate, and there were good conservatives on the ballot. Yep, that people would have got behind, but yep. no, no, you know, Trump went for the for the celebrity, and exactly. he will live to regret that mis- mistake. And and that's you know. Basically, someone almost as mentally challenged as Joe Biden is now in the U.S. Senate, and and a Marxist, another Marxist, absolutely a Marxist. Yeah. He 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 went to get the endorsement for Democratic Socialists of America, and they turned him down, not because he wasn't socialist enough. He just didn't fill out their questionnaire properly, I think. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but. Um, Oh, on on the uh, on the uh, subject of election, well, look, I live in Florida, and we had a red wave. Don't rub it in. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but the, but this is this is this is important. Yes. Several several factors here. Yep. Um, a, we have closed primaries here, so only Republicans can vote for Republican Republicans. Mm. Most states have open primaries, so wherever you go, the left come into your primaries and vote for the weakest Republican they can all, mm. all the time. Wow. You want to fix, you want to have a red wave in Wisconsin or anywhere else, close your darn primaries. Mm. Only let Republicans vote in your primaries. 
you know, if you're a Baptist, you don't let the Methodist choose your pastor, do you? No. And, um, and this is how rhinos, weak Republicans, collude with Democrats to keep conservatives out. So we have closed primaries. That's how we got Ron DeSantis. Mm. But this is the real thing. DeSantis is very popular in Florida. Um, Trump's very popular in Florida. But DeSantis has done more to clamp down on vote fraud than any other governor. Hmm. Uh, you know, ballot harvesting is illegal. It's a five-year jail felony in our state. He's prosecuted several vote fraudsters, abolished drop boxes. Wow. He got rid of the corrupt overseer of elections in Miami-Dade, which meant we won Miami-Dade by a big margin this time. He hasn't done enough. He hasn't got rid of the, the voting machines. He hasn't come to, he hasn't implemented full ID. Well, partial, but we've got partial ID. Hmm. And so, so he's done more to stop vote fraud. So what we saw in Florida was the real, uh, the real snapshot of the American people. Yes, I believe that. Or, so what happened in the election, the red states went a bit redder, but the purple states went bluer. Because the purple states have big democratic city machines, mm -hmm. like in Milwaukee, like in Detroit, like in Chicago, like in Boston, like in L.A., who cheat, cheat on a massive scale. So, you know, Mitt Romney, uh, no, Newt Gingrich was going, look, the De Republicans got five million more votes than last time, but we didn't win anything. Wow. I can't understand what happened. Well, everybody else knows. Mm -hmm. You know, in Florida, we didn't have much cheating. We had a good conservative governor. We, we had a romp. We had an absolute romp. Yeah. The other states had weaker Republicans and mass cheating, and nobody was doing anything about it. This is the, this is the big Republican thing, you know. Oh, we won't, we won't go into the cheating in 2020, in, in 2020. We'll just move on. We'll let them do it to us all over again exactly. in 2022. Yeah. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Unless we get, you know, Carrie Lake, everybody knows Carrie Lake should be the governor of, um, Arizona. Of, of, of Arizona. Yes. Everybody knows that, you know. Everybody knows that, that Oz, Oz, despite all of his handicaps, should have won in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and the race in Nevada should have been called for the um, Republicans. Yes. You know, the Senate race. Everybody in the country knows this, but you're not allowed to say it because you'll get cancelled yeah. or whatever. This this is the problem. So, so. The rave was there, you know, five million more votes for the Republicans. That was pretty darn impressive. That was that was pretty impressive. That should have meant victories right up and down the ballot, right across the country. Mm -hmm. But the Democrats cheated. And the other factor is I could go into is all of the key states had voter registration groups um which are part of a Chinese-backed communist network. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a group out of San Francisco called Seed the Vote, and it's run by the Chinese Progressive Association, which is a, an agency of communist China mm -hmm. in San Francisco. They are the people behind Black Lives Matter, and um, which is a Chinese operation. And then they, they set up these voter registration organizations. In 2020, they did it in seven key states. See if you can see if these are familiar to you. In Wisconsin, they had black leaders organizing communities block. They claim they won the state for Biden-Harris. Mandela Barnes is very close to this group. In mm -hmm. uh, Georgia, they had the New Georgia Project. In Arizona, they had Lucha, and they knocked on they made 8 million phone calls and knocked on a million doors Wow! in Arizona. They claim they won Arizona in 2020. Wow. Trevor, we've got to take our first break already. When we come back, you mentioned Georgia. We're going to go there talk about what your excellent video on the balance of the U.S. Senate on that race in Georgia and more from Security Risk Senators, the book, and misinformation, a whole lot more to expose with Trevor Loudon coming up next on Stand Up for the Truth.
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Elections have consequences, and it follows the premise that ideas have consequences and um, worldviews. Really what we're talking about, it's not just politics. It's not just the midterm elections. It's worldview. These are issues that uh, we've addressed so often here. But, Trevor, I want to allow you to finish your thought, and we'll talk more about some of these races from the midterms. Well, well, basically the point I'm getting at is there was, there was seven voter registration organizations which are part of a communist network run by Liberation Road, the, pro, the pro-Chinese Communist Party that gave us Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And they were basically working with the Chinese consulate in San Francisco. And they claim they won six of the seven states they targeted in 2020 for Biden-Harris. And the only one they flunked in was Florida. Well, they did it again in 2022. Seed the Vote had big teams in Nevada, in Arizona, in Georgia, and Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Hmm. They did it again. Yep. What they do is go in, and, and a lot of these groups are descended from ACORN. Yes. You know, and ACORN was well known for its vote fraud. So what they do, they go into their big inner cities, they use Black Lives Matter people. They get the black and Latino vote out. They lift that in the bigger cities, which helps to disguise the other forms of vote fraud they do, the ballot stuffing, the electronic manipulations, etc. Mm-hmm. But we've got to understand that there's Chinese-backed voter registration organizations working in key states. Now, in Virginia, they actually use maps generated by one of their comrades, who works out of Wuhan University, China geography, the university geography department there? So wow. don't tell me there's no foreign interference in the elections. It's been yeah. going on for some time. Exactly, exactly. Um, on November eighth, so I'm looking at an article on your website uh, done by Cliff Kincaid, and uh, he call he says a rainbow wave happened on November eighth. He said the, I mean, the American people voted for abortion, marijuana, more welfare. Uh, and, you know, that can be debated because of what you, the information that you're presenting here and with the voter fraud and how they did such a good, the left, uh, get out the vote effort and, and registration drives. But this is what surprised me. Let's just look at Michigan. But the COVID lockdown lefties, as Kincaid puts it, the lockdown lefties won in Michigan, New York, Wisconsin, uh, the gubernatorial races. And these are the ones they had the the most some of the most strict lockdown policies during covid in the nation that affected the education system the economy and people's health and lives in these states i was really surprised particularly in michigan if you could uh, touch on that briefly for us well well here's a point here's a point we often don't consider look the chinese deliberately spread covid to this country you know they banned internal air travel travel and they encouraged it to Canada, the United States, etc. Mm. And yeah. then you'll find the states with the harshest lockdowns, like California and Washington and Michigan, are the states with the most communist Chinese influence. Mm-hmm. Because the unions there, the unions which are controlled by the communists in this country, which work for China, basically kept the lockdowns going as long as they could, as harsh as they could, and as anti-business as they could. So so the Chinese gave us a disease, and then they managed the lockdowns to inflict maximum damage. Mm-hmm. But then I, I was just in Michigan the other day, and I just appalled at what happened. Yes. But, but look, the, this is the thing. The, the Democrats weaponized the IRS against the Tea Party. The Democrats mounted a bogus investigation of a sitting president and spied on a sitting president. Mm-hmm. The Democrats sold guns to Mexican cartels in the in the famous uh, you know the scandal a few years ago. But people who would do that would never cheat in elections, would they? <laughs> That's a whole different level of evil. Cheating the elections, but this is just unbelievable that we're not uh, taking this as that this isn't 
our leaders won't speak about this. The Democrats commit crimes, actual real crimes that they could go to jail for on a regular basis. They could give them 20 years in, in Leavenworth, but they would never, never stuff ballots. They would never manipulate voting machines. People, we understand if the Democrats lose power, they understand this. Many of them could end up going for jail, to jail. They have a very deep incentive to keep themselves in power so they don't go to jail. So, but these criminals, they are criminals, wouldn't commit vote fraud. It is so glaringly obvious that they do. That's why they won in Michigan. Mm-hmm. That's those horrible, horrible um, measures. That's why Carrie Lake is not the governor of Arizona. You know, look, we're not going to fix this country unless we get government power again by some miracle. Then you have to start putting, doing RICO investigations of the Democrat voting machine, voting operations in the big cities. This is a criminal enterprise. Yes, it is much is is as much organised crime. As, as the mafia. That's the only way you're going to deal with it because these states are never going to police themselves. This has to be a federal investigation, RICO, informants, witness protection, the whole bag until this is ended. How do you do that when they are so good at staying on offense all the time? And in fact, I believe they just opened up or called for another investigation into uh, former President Donald Trump. And you're thinking, wow, they, they're not going to let this go. How we're always on defense, it seems. The Christians, conservatives, Republicans, it seems like we're always playing defense. Well, that's right, because still most of the country doesn't know that we're we're in a communist revolution. Hmm. You know, most of the country thinks this is, oh, this is a bit out of hand. We've got some crazy liberals, and Joe Biden is just so stupid, and they're so incompetent. Look, it only makes sense, you know, when the military is being gutted, when Russia and China are getting ready for World War III, yeah. when Biden's trying to cut the Navy yeah. and our nuclear armaments, when we're no longer energy um, efficient, uh, self-sufficient, when our southern borders are wide open, uh, when our people are being intimidated and our businesses and churches shut down and people who don't fall in line are being cancelled, it only makes sense in the context of a revolution, a Marxist revolution. This is how that you ask anybody from Hungary or from Vietnam or Cuba what's going on in America today. They will tell you very clearly it's exactly what they saw when their countries went communist. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why we're on the defensive, because we won't confront that reality. We uh. don't have the courage. Collect, our leadership doesn't have the courage to confront that reality and take the next the steps necessary to correct it. And I think there's such a lack of an understanding of the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, too, and holding people right. accountable. Yes. There's no accountability. Uh, Trevor, This I just want to point out this article. I'll put it in the today's blog over at trevorloudon.com. America votes for Obama's brand of Marxism. And one thing, he mentions George Soros and the pro-drug lobby. They vastly outspent uh, the Republicans. And it seems like the naive Republicans had no effective response other than to bet that voters would go and punish the Democrats for the policies that we've seen in the last couple of years and the behavior we've seen and the misinformation, the propaganda and the radicalism. But no, that that didn't happen. But there's there's a lot going on at the same time here, isn't there? Well, this this is the, the argument I have with the Republicans. You know, when they had control of the House for how many years and never came up with a a, an alternative to Obamacare. Yeah. That's why we still have Obamacare. Mm-hmm. They could have easily got rid of it, but they wouldn't. They could never agree on an alternative. Well, the Republicans went into the last election consciously, openly saying they would not campaign on any policies. They would just let the Democrats self-destruct. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. The De- Republicans have no idea what they're doing and what they're up against. They're up against seasoned Marxist revolutionaries backed by China and Cuba 
and Iran right now in our own in our own cities. So so they went and oh yeah it, you know it's going to be like it always been if the economy's bad we'll do well. They don't understand no. what's going on. They don't understand the culture wars. People are concerned about the economy. Absolutely, but they're also very concerned that at Thanksgiving their grandson's going to turn up in a dress. Yeah, they're, they're concerned about borders and the and the destruction of their schools. The Republicans will not address cultural issues. That's the astounding. Democrats do address do address cultural issues the wrong way, but yeah. at least they make a stand on them. So, so we lose. We lose so much that we should don't have to lose. If the Republicans stood on cultural issues, getting the perverts out of schools, closing the borders, cops on the beat, um, getting rid of the Department of Education, um, deregistering the teachers' unions, all of the things that need to be done, if they ran on that kind of stuff and actually did it, the Republicans would be a 70 30 party because that's what most people believe in yes people march for their culture not to cut the sales tax by two percent so other than cowardice uh why do you think you would think that they would be able to get better messaging out if they uh, go in offense against the school boards the radical teachers unions against the abortion lobby and how big of an issue that is and and the republicans didn't seem to run on these issues of the LGBTQ and, and that agenda, it's really uh, surprising to us. They're trying to, wanting to play it safe. Um, well, how... they don't want to win, you know. Oh. Look, well, you you got, you know, many of the, the Republicans are liberals. So, you know, many of them, are, they're going to vote for this um, this bill before the Senate right now that, that basically um, is going to deny tax uh, tax. Um, you know, tax write-offs to any church that will not accept gay marriage. Oh, the respect any for marriage. Will vote. Yeah, yeah. That 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 any church in America that will not accept gay marriage loses its tax-free status. The people know that's in the bill. No, Where, where's not the churches standing up and banging the table on this one? Well, they... you no, know, be, because and a lot of Republicans are on the left to some degree, mm-hmm. and the leadership. You know, Mitch McConnell is completely compromised by communist China leading in the Senate. And Kevin McCarthy is a bit compromised by communist China as well. You know, Ratcliffe, Trump's intelligence advisor, said the Chinese, two years ago, he said the Chinese had compromised so many congressmen, they can now determine which legislation passes U.S. Congress and which doesn't. That's the problem. Mm hmm. We are being run by Xi Jinping, not Joe Biden. Not even Joe Biden. It's by Xi Jinping. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand that. And there's a problem for conservatives, the lack of knowledge about the nature of communism and the forces behind it. Um, we have five yep. minutes left in this segment, Trevor. And when we come back in segment three, we're going to talk about enemies within the church and talk about how, you know, uh, politics is downstream from culture. Culture is downstream from education. Where do the Christian, where does the church play in and what happened there? But I want to go down to Georgia and talk about that important race and the Georgia Senate runoff. You did a phenomenal video over at the Epic Times on um, uh, Warnock versus uh, Herschel Walker, how the balance of the U.S. Senate hangs on the Georgia race. Give us, and now we're sorry, down to four minutes. Give us a little bit of background on that. Well, you know, Warnock is a Marxist. He's a black liberation theologist, which is a form of Marxism. <clears throat> his, <clears throat> sorry. That's okay. His, his mentor, his, one of his mentors was James Cone, the mm. founder, the father of black liberation theology. He wrote the book, Marxism and the Black Church. What do they have to say to each other? Um, his other mentor was Calvin Butts, who died recently, the pastor of the uh, the famous Abyssinian Church in Harlem, and that's where there were Butts, uh, where where Warnock uh, started his uh, his career as a pastor. Mm-hmm. But um, Butts was a hardcore communist. He he um, was a terrorist. When when in the nineteen sixties in in Georgia, he went out, um, you know 
beating up white motorists in their cars. He did. He burnt down churches with Molotov cocktails. He burnt down businesses. This is a guy who became a pastor. Um, he welcomed uh, Fidel Castro in his church in 1984. But and Cohn and Jesse Jackson and Jeremiah Wright, yep. Obama's pastor, all went to Cuba for meetings with Fidel Castro and Cuban and Soviet church organizations. Hmm. Um, Warnock is part of this group. He's a black liberation theology Marxist. He worked, um, he, he, he and a, a former leader of ACORN and Stacey Abrams set up the New Georgia Project, mm-hmm. which is run by communists and is the biggest voter registration organization in Georgia. He led that. <clears throat> he worked extensively with Democratic Socialists of America, um, worked with um, Reverend Barber's organization out of North Carolina, which is a Maoist run organization run by pro-Chinese communists. And um, and just by the way, the other senator from Georgia, John Ossoff, the very first thing he did when he got elected, he got Joe Biden to appoint a man called Daniel Blackman to the head of the Environmental Protection Agency for seven southeastern states. Daniel Blackman is a card-carrying Marxist, Mm -hmm. a member of Democratic Socialists of America. So he's going to be using the EPA to shut down businesses all over the southeast. This this Georgia is run by two Marxists right now. Both senators are Marxists, pure and simple. And it's a very easy choice for for them to for the people of Georgia to make between a conservative black football player mm-hmm. and a Christian and a and a fake Christian Marxist pastor named Raphael Warnock. Yeah, it's one minute left in this segment, Trevor. It's a very easy choice. If you are informed and have done some research, it's an easy choice. But unfortunately, we know the general average person is not that invested and does just not, does not understand. So when we come back from our break, uh, we are going to get to enemies within the church a little bit, get an update from you. But I think we have to answer a couple questions and get Trevor's a response to where's Hunter, where's Kamala, and predictions for 2024. I can't wait to hear this from Trevor Loudon. You can get his new books, by the way. Go to the website and get the brand new books, Security Risk Senators, at TrevorLoudon.com. More coming up in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is Trevor Loudon, and let's get right into it, Trevor. Uh, we haven't heard much at all, at least in the news, about Hunter Biden, about Kamala Harris. Um, are they still around? Yeah, yeah, Vic. I think Kamala does a lot of knitting, <laughs> you know, or something like that. You don't see her very much. They keep her out of the public view. On purpose. She's so unpopular, but yeah. but look, I think they're going to be getting rid of Joe Biden pretty soon. So they've got a problem there. Yep. Um, you know, Kamala's even more unpopular than he is. You know, Kamala Harris was put in place by the same Maoists mm-hmm. that gave us Andrew Gillum in Florida, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, and Barack Obama. She she is she is a red diaper baby. Her parents were both communists. She's worked with communists her entire life. They put her in power. They used Joe Biden to achieve that. And now they've got a big problem on their hands because Joe Biden is a disaster and she's even worse. So they're sort of hoist by their own petard to some degree. Yeah, that was really astounding to a lot of us. I mean, when she first was on the scene, as far as uh, when, when uh, uh, Biden said, all right, you're going to be my VP, we we're thinking, that is one of the worst choices he could possibly make, but we weren't looking at it the, the right way. Um, I mean, we've talked about her radicalism, her, her communist Chinese connections, and even what she did as an AG out there in California, um, yeah. which is really astounding. But uh, just share your thoughts on finish up on Kamala Harris, and we'll talk about Hunter Biden as well. Yeah, well, well, Kamala, Kamala was put in place, you know. Um, she was originally supposed to be the candidate, but she fizzled out so much that they were determined to put her in. Um, and what they, they used, Joe Biden, who was failing and failing and failing, but it came to South Carolina. 
And the only one who could have stopped Bernie Sanders then was Joe Biden. He had to win South Carolina. So Jim Clyburn, who went to Cuba in 2000 for big meetings with Fidel Castro, by the way, um, he he uh, he got Joe Biden ahead. And then it became a race. Then it became a race between Joe Biden. Um, you, you know, yeah. Joe Biden became the standard bearer. And then they've got Biden in, and Biden chose Kamala as he was told to do. Yes. It was all about getting Kamala in. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was the Maoist candidate. She was the communist candidate, but she just proven so useless, um, that it's been a bit of a disaster for them. But, you know, this is, this is what they do. She was chosen. She wasn't elected. She was chosen. That's right. Same with, same with Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Hunter Biden briefly. Um, a lot of people lose faith in the justice system, and we know who's in charge of the FBI, CIA, and the government agencies, but we seem to come to the conclusion now that those on the left, if they're elites or Democrats, they're above the law. Is Would that yeah. be a wrong assumption? Well, I think it's pretty right. You know, why isn't George Soros in jail? Why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? Um, why wasn't Ted Kennedy jailed for basically working with the Soviets against Reagan, mm-hmm. you know, actually working with the KGB against Reagan? Mm-hmm. So, you know, once you get to a certain level, you, you're sort of untouchable. And uh, if President Trump or President DeSantis, by some miracle, comes to power in 2024, if we still have a country by then, <laughs> um, they have to start actually going after these people to restore confidence in the system. If we don't see some of these criminal Democrats in orange jumpsuits, we're going to lose this country because we're just going to lose all faith in our institutions. We all know they're criminals. They know we know they're criminals, and they just thumb their noses at us, and that's hugely damaging for a society. It is. So, you know, and... uh, but Hunter's been working in bed with the communist Chinese for ages. Joe Joe has been in bed with the Russians and the Iranians for for a long time before that. Um, so the whole family is is a, is a crime family. Mm-hmm. They've been selling influence and working on behalf of America's enemies for for forty years. Mm. So how has that affected um, the Biden administration's policies with, with between Ukraine and Russia? I find that to be very interesting, knowing how uh, deep uh, Hunter Biden was and, and Joe Biden when he was vice president. Uh, that had to affect his decisions on Ukraine and giving them billions of dollars. Uh, I'd love to share your thoughts on that. Well, see, this is interesting because Biden and the, the Bidens were mainly working with the pro-Russian factions in Ukraine. And, you know, and they were kicked out of power when, when you know, the Zelensky's people came to power. Mm-hmm. But the, see, the, this, the first thing that, here's, here's the thing. The first thing that Joe Biden did when he got elected was to abolish the, uh, the Keystone Pipeline, right? Yeah. Well, that was done, done all, all that, those protests were organized, those Native American protests were organized by Judith LeBlanc of the Communist Party USA which supports both communist China and Putin's Russia. She was then allowed to nominate her very good friend, Deb Haaland, a a congresswoman from New Mexico, as U.S. Secretary of the Interior. She mounted a campaign. It was Deb for Interior. They had buses. They had badges. They had all these celebrity endorsements. Sarah Silverman and Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. Hanoi Jane Fonda and yep. Cher and Gloria Steinem. <laughs> they got her. They got her in their position, and they got a, 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 pro, a, a the, the pro Chinese, pro Russian communists now control the Secretary of the Interior, mm. who controls twenty percent of America, all of the energy extraction, gas and oil on public lands. And she's shutting down every single bit of it she can, every bit. So what Biden could have done if he wasn't working for the Russians, he could have said to Putin, back off Ukraine, or I'm going to drill every bit of oil we can in the country. We'll drill in people's backyards if we have to. We'll drop the price of oil for our people. We'll sell oil to our European allies, and you'll go bankrupt, Mr. Putin. Back off. But he didn't do that. 
He basically told Putin that if he made a limited incursion into Ukraine, it wouldn't merit an American response. That was the green light. Now he has given Ukraine $40 billion, much of it has been kicked back to the Democratic Party. Yes. He's not, he's not really trying to help Ukraine. He's giving Ukraine enough to fight, but not enough to win. Hmm. He is depleting our own uh, military reserves. At the same time, he's gutting our military. Biden is leading us into World War Three, and he knows we will lose it. That's what the game is here. Really, the ultimate goal is to take down America, to weaken the country and then ultimately overcome it so that they can have usher in their globalist system. Is that too simple? Absolutely. The number one impediment to a world communist or world globalist system, and globalism and communism are the same thing, essentially, Mm -hmm. is a free, independent, strong, Christian, constitutional America. That's why the churches are under attack, the constitution's under attack, the economy's under attack, the families are under attack, the borders are under attack, and the military is under attack. Mm-hmm. All of it is designed to bring this country to its knees so it can be conquered by the Chinese and incorporated into their globalist, communist world order. And as Biden, Biden is on exactly the same page on that as Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin and um, and Klaus Schwab, they're all on the same page. It wasn't it uh, Abraham Lincoln who said America America will only be destroyed from within because we were too strong Absolutely. to be taken down um, from Absolutely. within. And and I think we've got five minutes left to talk about enemies within. Now I know this is kind of an awkward segue because I'd <laughs> love to stay on uh, geopolitics and talk about Brazil and talk about other issues in America in our government, but. Um, you were involved where you co-produced. We'll, we'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, I would love to. Um, Enemies Within, um, what's the latest on it? I know you were showing that in churches. You were going around and speaking on it. And uh, I think the church needs to wake up in this country before it's too late. Yeah, well, we're planning part two. So we released Enemies Within the Church. And it gave some history of the communist infiltration in the churches. And that started 100 years ago mm-hmm. in the mainstream churches. The first Communist Party front in America was the Methodist Federation for Social Action. Because, wow. as you say, they knew they could never take America from the outside. Yep. They had to take it from the inside, and the backbone of America is the church. Mm. But now they're even in the evangelical churches. They're in the Baptist church now. It's through the so-called woke church, which is all about... Um, white privilege and social justice and and ending global warming and refugee resettlement, that's all Marxism. And that's driven by actual Marxists who, through the Gospel Coalition and the Ethics Commission of the Southern Baptists, have infiltrated these left-wing ideas, critical race theory, etc., yeah. into the mainstream churches. Astounding. The idea is to take the churches left Mm-hmm. which will take the culture left, which will take the politics left, which will bring about a socialist America. And it's critical people understand this. Yes, and that, the way you just said it was perfect because that is what's happening. We are supposed to influence our culture. Some people refer to the concepts of salt and light as biblical Christianity yep. does not stay behind church walls. But what they're doing is taking the church left, liberalizing the church. I mean, liberalism has infected the church. Well, some of us call it a cult, the cult of liberalism. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking, go ahead, Trevor, I'll let you continue. Well, wokeism is Marxism. It's mm. complete Marxism. Now we're working on part two. Well, this this movie's gone everywhere, and you can get it on my website too, trevorloudon.com, okay. the same with the books. But it's gone everywhere. We're putting it out in nine different languages, putting it out in, in Portuguese and Spanish, and it'll be Korean and French and German because it, it needs to go worldwide. But now we're working on part two, Excellent. which is going to be about the global church, the one world church, the the, the the takeover by the Marxists, you know, Pope the Marxist Pope Francis of the Catholic Church, his mm-hmm. compromises with the Communist Party of China, their tie into globalism. Mm-hmm. So this is this is happening on a global scale. Wow, now. wow! And the American Church is going to the left, so it can fit into this global New World Church. 
which will be just how this will be the devil's church, not God's church. Mm, sadly. Do you have a target date, release date for that, part two? No, no, we're still in the initial stages, still in the fundraising stages, etc. But um, we've got it pretty much mapped out what we want to do, but um, we're going to be, uh, we'll have firm dates in the next few, next couple of months. And people can go to enemieswithinthechurch.com and get more information. And I look, I look at the back cover of the DVD. We've had E.W. Jackson on. We've had Kerry Gordon on, of course, you. Yep. And Trevor, we are going to have to have part two of this interview because we didn't, yeah, we didn't happy, get to cover happy to do it. Yeah, we yeah, didn't get no, to cover no, so no much. Worry, I'm happy. All right. Well, praise God for that. Um, Trevor, your books, Security Risk, Senators, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar. Hey, um, I thought Tulsi Gabbard was really going to save the Republican Party. Your quick thoughts on that? <laughs> well, Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard is, is, is very, very dangerous. She is trying to infiltrate the GOP. She's been working with communists. She knows how to phrase things. Yeah. It's all about God-given rights. Now, look, I was at a communist convention in Chicago four years ago, and she was a keynote speaker, and they loved her. Wow. She spoke to spoke their language. Her goal is to try and become Trump's VP. VP. If she can't get that, she's going to form a third party, split the vote, and hand the next election to the Democrats. She's an absolute... <laughs> absolute danger and people and fox news has just put her on paid staff it's just wow. a, a travesty this is fascinating because people fall for that so easily because we want to see democrats leaving that party but they've got Absolutely. ulterior motives uh behind yeah, what they're look, doing. look she she is she is bringing Russian foreign policy into the Democratic Party that's mm. what she's doing wow and and she has got heavy heavy links with actual communists right up till today mm. they are still praising her um that's her whole background is that way and and but she knows the language she knows how to appeal to people she's got a nice face she's got a nice voice she's got the military background yeah. she's married to a new zealander so that's a that's a big plus <laughs> you know but but she's she is super dangerous and i could spend the whole show giving her background all right well we're gonna have to do that and uh, we will talk off air and we'll, we'll get you booked again trevorloudon.com the new books security risk senators if you missed the beginning of this podcast where we talked about wisconsin's radical uh, tammy baldwin you've got to go l listen to this and please share it trevor god bless you brother have a nice thanksgiving well, thanks, thanks very much. Good, good talking to you, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, Lord willing, we will. Tomorrow, Holly Pivik will be back on with us, and she's got a brand-new book out called Counterfeit Kingdom. Uh, Gary Ka on Wednesday, you will hear Cheryl Chumley, a replay on Friday. She's with The Washington Times. And M.D. Perkins next Monday. Guys, thank you so much for sharing the podcast, and as always, God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Mm -hmm.